Have you ever played charades or Pictionary where you had to describe something without using words? What about describing another person? Let's give it a go. Describe your best friend. What do they look like? What about their character? What makes that person so great and special to you? Now let's try this. Describe God, Jehovah, our Heavenly Father. What is He like? Welcome to Experience Ministries Discipleship Podcast. I'm Dave Smeon, your host, and I'm excited to share biblical principles to help us live our faith and glorify the Lord Jesus. This is episode 61. Is it possible that we forget just how amazing and awesome God really is? Maybe if we spent a little more time focused upon God, it would clarify a few things for us. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 tells us this about our Creator. Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired? His understanding is inscrutable. This passage tells us five things about our Heavenly Father. As we look at these, I want you to consider how awesome and amazing He really is. First, He is from everlasting to everlasting. He is eternal. Our God has no beginning and He has no end. This is such a hard concept for us to grasp. I don't think we can really comprehend it because everything in our world has a beginning and an end. We're born and we die. We start and we stop. But it's not that way with God. He has no beginning and He has no end. He is an eternal being. Listen to Psalm 90, verse 2. Before the mountains were born, or thou didst give birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. This truth about God isn't just something you see in Psalms. It's throughout the scripture. In fact, listen to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 15 and 16, which he will bring about at the proper time. He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. And let's jump forward and look at one more passage in the book of Revelation. This is Revelation 1.8, and it says this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Who do you know that can claim to have immortality and actually back it up? God does have immortality, and He did back it up. He tells us that in the Scripture, and we see that from everything that we can see and understand. God is eternal. When He says that He will never leave you or forsake you, He means it. He was there in the beginning, He's with us now, and He's going to be there for all eternity. We can count on Him because He is eternal. Now think about this. If God is truly eternal, He knows what's happened in your past. He knows those things which bring you great joy. He knows when you graduated. He knows when you fell in love. He knows when you got married. He knows when you have children. He knows all of those exciting things. But He also knows those times when you were deeply hurt, when you were rejected, and when that horrible thing happened to you 
He knows it. He was there. No, he may not have stopped that horrible stuff from happening, but that doesn't mean he wasn't there, and it doesn't mean he doesn't care, because he does. Don't confuse God's caring with God's intervention. Hear me for a moment. Just because God didn't stop that bad thing from happening to you, or stop that rejection, or stop that whatever it was, that doesn't mean he doesn't care. He does. Remember that he, the Father, watched his only begotten Son be crucified on our behalf. Sure, he could have intervened in that and stopped it, but he didn't. And the result was that he used that for the salvation of all mankind. He can use those horrible, bad things that happen in our life. He can cause us to grow. He can heal us. He can transform us so that those things don't define us anymore. Hear me carefully. Just because God didn't intervene doesn't mean he doesn't care. Your Heavenly Father already knows what's going to happen in your future because he's already there. He is the ultimate insider, so he can walk with us and not be surprised by anything that happens. And he can guide and direct us so that we can maneuver around some accidents or some bad stuff that could potentially happen. He can give us the wisdom and insight we need if we will take the time to listen to him and understand that he knows what's going to happen. The second thing I want us to see today is that God is the self-existent one. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, and many other places in the Old Testament, there is a term used. In the English Bible, this is in all caps. It's L-O-R-D, Lord. In Hebrew, that word is Yehovah. That is God the Father's name. And it means self-existent one. Yehovah is the self-existent one. He doesn't need anyone or anything to exist. He is sufficient in and of himself. Now contrast that with us. And there's a huge difference because we need all kinds of stuff to exist. We need air. We need water. We need food. We need warmth. We need shelter. We need all of the things that our Heavenly Father has created and given to us to exist. If any of that stopped, if he stopped the sun, then we would cease to exist because we as humans are dependent upon him. But he is not dependent on us or anybody else. He is self-existent. We are not. The self-existent nature of God is something that's very difficult for us to grasp. Think about this for a minute. God doesn't need us. He doesn't need us to serve him. He doesn't need us to worship him. He doesn't need us at all. He invites us to serve him. He invites us to participate with him in what he's doing. And he wants fellowship with us. He wants a relationship with us, but he doesn't need us. Sometimes we get this idea in our head that God needs servants. He needs people to serve him, and that's not correct. Now, even us religious folks, I don't like that term, but spiritual people, religious people, sometimes get the idea that God needs us to serve him, and he doesn't. 
we should really humble ourselves and understand that we're the ones that need him. The third thing I want us to see is that he is the creator. He has given us life and given us understanding. And the more we understand, the more we realize how little we actually know. So we can look through our telescopes into space and we have yet to find the end of space. We can see stars, we can see planets, we can see galaxies, we can see all kinds of stuff that's light years away. On the other hand, we can get a microscope and we can look at little tiny things and understand that those organisms, as well as this giant universe, is all of God's creation. And we are just barely scratching the surface of our understanding. Yes, we do have great science and we have great medical abilities. We've learned a lot about us and how we operate, and we can do some amazing things in medical science and in other areas, but it pales in comparison to the vast creation that God has and all that he has done. God is the creator and designer of all things. He knows how he designed them to operate and he knows what happens when they don't operate correctly. That's because of sin. Sin has entered the world, it's brought corruption, and so things don't operate the way he designed them to. We don't operate the way he designed us to. Think about it. God made us. He created our bodies. He knows how it's supposed to function. He created relationships. He knows how they're supposed to function. He created the family. He created business. He created government. He knows how all of that's supposed to work. The problem is that we are constantly rebelling against him, and then things don't work correctly. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when we're in the place where it does function correctly, where the destruction and devastation of sin doesn't alter God's creation, but things operate the way he designed them to, it's gonna be amazing. Do you realize that we are created in God's image? That means that he has put his design in us. That's why we like to create music. We like to create art. We like to invent things. We like to make videos. We like to do all kinds of stuff creative because the creator's image is part of our design. The real issue is who are we glorifying with the gifts and talents and abilities he's given us? When we create, is it to bring glory and honor and praise to him or is it to elevate ourselves? We need to be really careful there. We're created in his image to bring glory to him not to build pride and to elevate ourselves. The fourth thing I want us to see from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, is that God does not get tired. He doesn't grow weary. He doesn't need sleep. He has energy all the time. That's another concept that's hard for us because we get tired. We run low on energy. We have to sleep. We have to be restored. God doesn't. He doesn't need to sleep. He doesn't sleep. He is always almighty. He is always all-powerful. He is always in control. If he wasn't, the whole universe would fall apart, but he is. And so we can praise him and trust him and honor him because he is the almighty. The fifth thing I want us to understand today 
is that God's wisdom, His knowledge, His intellect is beyond our understanding. Listen to Romans chapter 11, verses 33 through 36. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and unfathomable His ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has become His counselor, or who has first given to Him that it might be paid back to Him again? For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. We live in a culture that seeks after and desires knowledge, and yet we reject the one who gives real knowledge and wisdom. That causes confusion and strife and all kinds of problems. Think about it. If we would simply receive and honor God's knowledge and wisdom, things in this world would be way different. So what can we say? How can we describe this eternal, self-existent creator who doesn't grow tired or weary and knows everything, is full of knowledge and wisdom? How do we describe him? He is my God, my creator, my heavenly father, my best friend. He is the lover of my soul and the one who I turn to and I trust in. His name is Jesus. Father, I pray that you would remind us about how awesome you are. Remind us of your character, your nature, your attributes, about how glorious you are and help us to seek you and desire you above all the things of this world. I ask that you bless my friends today. In Jesus' name, amen.